charm a treat from Annie and never failed to share it. Ginger and cream, Annie often remarked when she spied the girl's clasped hands, the darker skin against the white. Once, years before, Julia had felt a soft, quick wetness on the back of her wrist and turned her head in surprise to discover her mistress bent over her hand, the pink tip of her tongue still protruding between her red lips. I wanted to see if you tasted like ginger too, Julia had said, her expression embarrassed and guilty. Do I? No, Julia had frowned in disappointment. Just skin and brine. I was helping Annie pickle cucumbers. Impulsively, she had lifted Julia's hand to her mouth, her tongue darting out for a small, swift taste. Hmm. What? What is it? Definitely cream. She had nodded sagely before dissolving into giggles. The sweetest, freshest cream ever. Julia had laughed, delighted. Annie shooed them away soon enough, and they ran off deep into the woods encircling White Haven to their favorite, most secret place a beautiful, shadowy, moss-covered nook near a burbling stream that fed into the gravoy. Julia's favorite game was to pretend that this was a fairy bower and that she was queen of the fairies, ruling fairly and benignly over her kingdom, as confident and gracious in make-believe as she was shy in real life. The ginger maid portrayed her favorite lady-in-waiting, a deposed fairy princess from a far-off kingdom, bearing all the grace of royalty, despite her more humble status. When the sun shone high overhead, the maid, her stomach rumbling with hunger, reminded her mistress that Julia would be expected home for lunch. Just as they emerged from the woods, they halted at the sight of a pair of horses tied up at the front post, and the old master greeting two men on the shaded piazza. Soldiers, said Julia, squinting enough to make out their uniforms. See them for me. They're officers, her maid replied. Her mistress's poor vision was a source of endless frustration, and she often called upon her maid to describe people and scenes for her, especially at a distance. But even things close to hand, like picture books and sewing, gave her headaches if she were obliged to study them too long. When Julia was first learning to read, After squinting at the reader for a quarter of an hour, her forehead would throb so painfully that she would plaintively ask her maid to see the letters aloud for her. The missus soon put a stop to that, reminding Miss Julia that slaves weren't allowed to read, and dismissing her maid with a stern rebuke. I see that much for myself, said Julia. What else? The tall one is younger, she continued. He's a lieutenant. The short, stout one has gray hair, and I think he's a captain. I don't think they ever been here before. They must be from Jefferson Barracks, said Julia, her voice dropping to a murmur. One of the officers did something terrible. What do you do? I don't know. Let's listen. Julia took her hand once more. They darted to the house, tiptoed up the front stairs and down the piazza, and crouched silently beneath one of the parlor windows. What they heard chilled the maid to the bone. A few days before, Major William Harney, the paymaster at Jefferson Barracks, 
had become enraged with a slave, Hannah, whom he accused of hiding or losing the keys to his sister-in-law's household in St. Louis, where he was residing. He had seized a piece of rawhide and had beaten her savagely upon her head, stomach, sides, back, arms, and legs, rendering her unconscious, bruised, and bleeding. Hannah died the following day, and the coroner's jury of inquest noted that her body had been lacerated and mangled in so horrible a manner that they couldn't determine whether the violence had been committed with whips or hot irons. To avoid arrest, and in advance of a mob of outraged citizens intent on stringing him up, Major Harney had fled the city aboard a steamboat and proceeded to Washington City to request a transfer so he would never have to return to Missouri. The officers had come to warn the old master that anger against slaveholders throughout the county was soaring, and he ought to take care until it subsided.